Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. So school is officially started. Hopefully over the summer you were able to get all of your appointments scheduled, your physicals, your um, paperwork submitted. You know, it's always such an ordeal, right? I was just talking to another parent last night, and he's like, oh, I still have to do all of my kids' first day verification forms. Now, remember, I taped this a couple weeks in advance. So now, as you're listening to it, school is in full swing, but right now we're in all the throes of getting everything done, making sure the kids have dentist appointments and doctor's appointments. Um, this week, I know my kids find out who their teachers are, which means then we have to do the mad dash to, you know, Target or Walmart or the dollar store and try to get all the school supplies. I actually downloaded my kids' sports seasons. It was finally up and available. And my older two boys are going to run. Actually, Parker's going to try cross country this year. Jake has, has done it for the past two years. And they usually have one cross country meet a week. And my son, Ben, my youngest son, he's going to do football. And apparently they have one game a week. And so I'm like, all right, that's great. One game a week, one cross country meet a week. And then, you know, I, I work a couple of nights a week. So just hopefully this will all line up. Well, what day do the boys have cross country meets? Wednesdays. Guess what day Ben has a football game? Wednesdays. Guess what night I work? Wednesdays. Fantastic. I mean, it could not have lined up any worse. And so I know I'm not the only parent dealing with this. Um, It's what happens when you have multiple kids in different activities. But I was so frustrated. Like, come on. Any other night I work or, you know, any other day that these two kids schedules. And of course, none of them are lined up where they're both at home or anything like that. That would be way too easy. So one kid's home, the other two are away or vice versa. So now I'm trying to figure out how to rearrange my schedule so that I can try to get to as many games and meets as possible because, you know, I want to see them. That's Well, I love watching my kids perform and, and most parents do, but... Wow, what luck. (laughs) So hopefully you guys are figuring out schedules. I know that that's always one of the challenges when school starts. Anytime there's a change of season, there's always a change of schedule. And so that's what we do. We figure things out and we get the job done. And so just want to let you know I'm right there with you on the struggle bus trying to figure it out for our family. But we'll get through it together. Today we have an interesting topic. Today we're talking about 
three things you have to stop saying if your goal is trying to lose weight. Now, I don't like to make all my episodes be about weight loss because with medical nutrition therapy, you know, there are a whole host of things that we talk to our clients about. It's not only about weight loss. It's a big part of our practice, but it's absolutely not the only part of our practice. But I was listening to uh, some of my clients these past couple weeks, listening to some of the common things that they're struggling with, listening to their words, and I, I found that there's a pattern a pattern of things that my clients are repeating either to themselves when they're at home and they're struggling or they're coming to me and telling me that this is what they're struggling with. And so I'm going to kind of take those comments and consolidate them down to three central statements. And we're going to talk about them today. And I want to know if these are things that you are saying to yourself or you have said them to yourself and it has added to the challenge of you being successful with your weight loss goals. So that's it. That's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing that I hear people say all the time is weight loss is so hard. Weight loss is hard, right? It's so hard. I can't do it. It's so hard. There's just so many things. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption, but I just wanted to let you know that Jumpstart, our six-week health and weight loss program, is starting October 4th and we are now open for registration. If you have ever said the words, I know what I should be doing, I just don't follow through with it, this class is for you. This high-level accountability program offers weekly live group sessions with a dietitian, access to our private Facebook group for accountability and community, daily accountability emails and call-outs, one 30-minute private Zoom call with a dietitian, six-week home exercise program customized to any fitness level, sample meal plans and snack lists, and weekly educational handouts to support your journey. Save $30 by registering by September 27th and using the coupon code FALL22SPECIAL. To join, simply go to our website, bodymetricshealth.com, and click on the link under Programs. So first of all, I don't like big generic statements, right? Let's break things down and be specific. What is hard, right? Because when we make these big blanket overarching statements and put weight loss just like smack dab in the middle of it, we're not giving it a fair chance, right? What part is hard? Is it the food prep? Is it coming up with ideas? Is it executing the ideas? Is it um, the support or lack of, you know, in your family or your coworkers? What specifically is hard? Remember, we have to choose our words carefully because whatever we say repeatedly, our brain will believe as truth. And for some of you, you have been struggling with weight loss for a long time. And maybe it's because you consider weight loss to be hard because you have told yourself how hard it is. You know, when you, when you say that something is so difficult and so challenging and so hard, that can tap into your motivation to actually execute it, right? Because like, oh, I have to do this. It's so hard. Eh, I'll try next week. 
or eh, I'll do it when things get easier at work or when things are easier with my kids' schedules. Then I'll work on that because it's so hard, I'm going to defer it to a later time. When in reality, not all of the things are hard. There's actually some things that you're really, really good at, but you're making an overarching statement and considering the whole process hard so much so that it feels overwhelming. Um, it feels confusing. And so I want to just break that down. What specifically is hard? Remember, we don't want to keep putting things off over and over and over again because we'll never get there. We're never going to get to our goal. In fact, I just heard this amazing quote the other week. It says, your competition isn't other people. It's your procrastination. Bam. That like hit me right between, you know, between the, in the forehead, <laughs> between the eyes. Like, wow, your competition isn't other people. It's your procrastination. Isn't that the truth? It's the same thing for when we, you know, my clients tell me that they're just not motivated. You know, I'm just not motivated. You know what? I'm not motivated to do a lot of things either. And I've realized that if we wait around to feel motivated, there is a pretty good chance we're not going to actually do the thing that we want to do. I put out a, a Instagram reel. Guys, social media is not my favorite thing. They're constantly changing algorithms and what shows. And, and I am old. <laughs> I'm not comfortable, you know, dancing or, or making these, you know, really cute videos. Number one is I'm not comfortable doing it. And number two, I don't know how. And so I'm like, all right, I just need to do this. I need to just, I wanted to create a video to show people that, you know, for myself, when it comes to exercise, I really enjoy exercise, but that doesn't mean I feel like doing it every morning. You know, my first thoughts when I wake up are, I don't want to, it's too hot. You know, I just want to sleep for an extra 20 minutes. And then I realize that those are all things that feel true in the moment. But what also is true is I'm going to feel so much better when I'm done. So just get up and get it done. And we have that choice every morning to, you know, what voice are we going to listen to? But just because I like to work out doesn't mean that those thoughts aren't the first things that pop into my head every single morning. I'm not motivated first thing. I, it doesn't just come naturally. I have to choose it. All right. So, you know, if that's something that you're struggling with, waiting for motivation, just know you're going to be waiting for a really long time. Motivation is a choice, right? And action takes work. It takes physical work. It takes mental work. And those things just don't come naturally. In fact, 95% of the decisions that we make in our day are based off of habit. So when you're trying to make a change with your diet or make a change with exercise, that requires you to use a part of your brain that you don't tap into very often. And that feels hard because it doesn't come naturally. Of course it doesn't. Our brain likes to work on habit. And if your habit is sleeping in or, you know, getting pizza every time 
you know, you stay late for work, then doing something different and making a salad or getting up and exercising anyway is going to feel hard. But let's just call the specific parts about what is hard so we can make a change. So we can dial in and figure out if this is the part that's hard, this is how I'm going to rectify it versus just saying the whole thing is hard and then not being able to do any of it because we're paralyzed. Right? The other piece that uh, sometimes we get tripped on is it's just so overwhelming. There's just so many things I need to do. Like I got to do the fiber and I got to do the protein and I got to do the carbs and the protein every time I eat and I have to eat so many hours and I got to pay attention to my hunger cues and my fullness cues and I have to eat mindfully and I'm supposed to, you know, not eat too many grams of added sugar and not too many grams of saturated fat. And, and we just, we pile it all on and trying to do everything perfectly. And in the moment we're so overwhelmed that we're just like, I can't do any of it. Since I can't do all of it, I'm just going to eat pizza because that's just easier. And to that, I say, just please don't, don't tell yourself that it's hard because you're overwhelmed and then do nothing. Pick one thing. Pick one thing to do better. Not to do perfectly, to do better. Right? A 1% change every day turns into a humongous change in the course of a month or the course of six months or even a year. And we tell ourselves that what, what is 1% going to do? It's so insignificant. It's not enough. But we forget that habits stack and we gain momentum that way. If you remember, or if you've been with me for any length of time, I tell a story in my book about finding motivation and my book, when I say my book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, the book I wrote back in 2019. And I say that, you know, our, our habits or our expectations are like toddlers, right? We're trying to get all our toddlers lined up in a row. And so we can start this journey of weight loss together. And when I say a toddler, I mean, you know, exercising and, and not eating too much sugar and not eating after seven o'clock at night. And, you know, always making sure I meet my fiber goals and getting enough sleep and stress management and, and creating boundaries and, and all the things. And we have this vision of what we think our lives are going to look like, but we want all of the things to happen at the same time. And so we try to line up all of our goals in a straight line in order to run this race, this journey, this health path but it's like lining up toddlers, right? We try to line one up and get them in position. We turn our head for a second to get the second goal lined up and the first goal bolts because that's what toddlers do. They, they can't stand for very long. They're too antsy. <laughs> They're too restless. And then we get frustrated because we're like, hold on, I'm trying to get this goal in place and this goal in place and this goal in place. And then life happens and we're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so we do nothing because we can't do all the goals at the same time. So therefore we're doing none of them. And we claim that we're overwhelmed. It's too much. To that I say, just grab the hand of one toddler. Forget the rest. When you grab the hand of one toddler and start walking, it's 
it's interesting what happens. More toddlers will start to follow. Almost to say, huh, where are you guys going? I want to come too. You know, when you start to, you know, eat, or let's say you start with a habit of cooking at home. I'm going to cook at home at night instead of going out to eat. And then you realize, huh, I feel so much better. I don't feel like sick to my stomach because I ate a greasy cheeseburger. Um, I feel good. Maybe I'll go for a walk at night because I have some, you know, of this newfound energy and I'd like to walk it off. And then you notice that when you walk at night, you actually sleep better. And the habits just start to stack naturally. Right? But the, there's going there's not going to be any habits to stack if you don't start with one. So grab the hand of the habit that's easiest to start with. Don't grab the one that's the hardest. Grab the one that's the easiest and start there. And watch to see how your habits just naturally stack. You know, instead of saying, this is so hard. It's so hard to lose weight. I'd like you to just change the word a little bit. I'd like you to say, it's so interesting. Because interesting means curiosity. Like, I just want to see how my body responds when I do this. I tell that to my clients all the time. I'm like, become a science experiment. Just see how does your body respond versus assuming you know how it's going to respond. Just see, you know, add more fiber. See what happens. You know, you might be pleasantly surprised. You might not. But we don't know unless we try something. And trying something means action. It means doing something, not just thinking about it or talking about it. It means trying something. Start small. Gain momentum. 1% better. It all adds up. So first thing that if you hear yourself saying, this is so hard, get real specific. Dial in. What is hard? You know, is it because you're waiting for motivation? Is it because it's overwhelming? Is it because, you know, you just haven't given yourself enough practice yet? Right? Remember, you are good at what you practice. If you are in the habit of practicing overeating, you're going to be good at it. If you're in the habit of choosing produce every time you eat, you're going to get good at that. So some of us just need to be a little patient. And that actually leads us into the second thing that I hear people say uh, that they should stop saying. And that is, I should be losing faster. I should be losing more weight. Why is it not coming off so fast? Or um, another variation of this would be, let me think here what I want to say, is um, it's not good enough. I mean, that's basically what we're saying. We're, we're, we're not happy with the results we're getting because, you know, we want the 10 pounds in a week versus the half a pound. Somewhere along the way, we have become very, very impatient with the process of losing weight. You know, industry standard is anywhere between half a pound and maybe up to two pounds a week in order to be a safe amount of weight loss per week. 
I will have people all the time. They're like, Ugh, should be more. Like, eh, it's all right, but I want it to be better. I want to, you know, yeah, I've lost 10 pounds, but I'd rather it be 20. And what they do is, in a way, they're they're deflecting their progress, right? Or I'll hear somebody say, like, oh, my goodness, you know, that's, you've been working really hard. Yeah, but it's not good enough. Like, What? what are we talking about here? (laughs) My expectation and my client's expectations sometimes are not in alignment. And that's when we need to have a, a very candid conversation about what expectations really are in this, in this realm. So I want you to do me a favor and let's do an activity for a second. All right. I want you to think about the future version of yourself, the one that has already met your goals. I call it our fuzzy fantasy. Like we can kind of see it, but it's a little fuzzy because it's, since it's not actually reality yet, you know, it's a, you know, gets a little blurry in some spots. But for most of us, if we have a goal in mind, and this can be true for weight management, it can be true for, um, uh, if you're trying to manage some type of medical condition, uh, but whatever your health goal may be, we can, envision ourselves and that version of ourselves in the future of, you know, that person and what, you know, he or she's going to look like, but more importantly, how she's going to feel or how he's going to feel. We have this idea of, of how we're going to feel once we meet our goal, you know, whether that's, we're going to be happy, we're going to be confident, uh, we're going to be more social, you know, we're going to have a higher self-esteem. You know, we're going to carry ourselves differently because when we're at our goal, this is how I expect to feel, right? You know, most of us, if we have a specific health goal in mind, you know, even if it's an exercise goal, like I want to be able to run a marathon or I want to be able to run a 5K or I want to be able to do a pull-up. You know, most of us don't create these health goals with the expectation that we're going to feel worse about ourselves. Why would we make that a goal? That wouldn't even make sense. No, we have this expectation that we're going to feel, you know, we're going to increase our self-esteem and our, our confidence and just have a happier life when we're at our goal, right? And so when we deflect our progress, when we tell ourselves, you know, yeah, but it should be more or it's not good enough yet. We're actually doing the opposite of what our goal is. If our goal is to feel happier and more confident, and every time somebody acknowledges our, our um, successes and we're like, yeah, but it's not good enough or it should be more, we're not feeling happier or more confident or more social. We're tearing ourselves down. And when we tear ourselves down, how do you think that impacts your motivation? How do you think that impacts your decision-making skills? Very negatively, of course. Of course. So if your goal is to feel happier and more confident, then we have to stop with the deflecting the positive feedback. We have to stop tearing down our successes and telling ourselves that it should be better. It should be more. When you say that it should be more, 
you are now putting yourself in the role of expert. And a lot of people shouldn't be experts in this. You're not an expert in this. I mean, I would consider myself an expert, but I'm still learning right along with you. It should be more says who. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't because it isn't. Not yet, but you're working at it. And so your only response when somebody acknowledges your success is thank you. That's it. You are not allowed to say anything else except thank you. If you're worried about being prideful, like I don't want to be like, yeah, I know I am working hard. Thank you for noticing. If that doesn't feel right, then just stop at thank you. But in your head, please continue the sentence that says, I am working hard. I am doing a lot of things. I'm making the hard choices when other people aren't. Thank you for acknowledging that. There's nothing wrong with being proud of yourself. In fact, those types of emotions enable for you to show up when you're proud of yourself. You know, you feel like, you know, you're putting in the work and it's validated. That feels good. It makes you want to show up the next day. And isn't that what you want to do? Show up the next day? You want to stay in the game for the long run? Not do it for a finite time and then, you know, get, I don't know what the word is, unmotivated and quit? We've done that before. It didn't work. All right? So acknowledge all of the hard work that you've done. Please stop with the, it's not good enough yet. Please, just thank you. Or even if you're not talking to somebody else and you get on the scale and you see that, you know, the scale moves in the direction you want it to. Great. I've been working hard. This is exciting to see. Right? Remember, the reinforcement piece is what closes out the habit loop. If you're looking to create habits, you've got to do the reinforcement part. You can't just keep trying to change things without reinforcing with positive behavior. It's how the process works. So please don't try to do it any other way. Tearing yourself down is not motivating. We think that it will kick us in the butt and then we'll do all the right things. No, it makes us feel bad and then we eat all the things. So let's just stop doing it. All right. The third thing that I hear people say all the time, and this one is actually in my head as well. I struggle with this too. I'm getting better at it. I keep practicing, but it naturally comes in my head. It's, I ate something, I blew it, and so I figured I'm just going to keep on going and just continue eating all the things, right? So... There was some type of lapse in judgment, whether it was emotionally driven or just um, not paying attention, not being mindful. And then there was the moment where it was like, oh, now I screwed up. I'm no longer perfect. So therefore, screw it. I'm just going to eat all of it. Remember, it is not the action 
that causes weight gain. It's the response to the action. You eating, you know, a candy bar is not the end of the world. You eating the box of candy bars because you ate one candy bar, that will make you gain weight. We need to stop this all or nothing perfectionist thinking. I used this example before. I'm going to use it again. I'm going to keep using it because it is one of the best examples that I've ever heard. When you are driving down the highway, right, and you accidentally veer off to the right or to the left, depending on what lane you're in, and you hit the rumble strips, what is your first thought when you hit the rumble strips? I guarantee you, the first thought is, ooh, let me move over. I'm too far over to the left. I'm too far over to the right. Let me course correct and fix this. At no point in time are your thoughts, well, I've hit the rumble strips. Guess I got to ride this thing the whole way until I, I'm at my exit. No. Nobody ever, ever once thinks that way. So why do we think that way with food? When you were in school, you didn't do well on a paper. You didn't do well on a test. Well, I might as well pull myself out of school and just, you know, walk out, never try again. Not even, not try in the one class. I'm just not going to try in any of my classes now. We never did that. So why do we do it with food? Well, you know, my theory is diet culture has taught us that if we're not perfect, then why bother? You've screwed up. You've messed up. You can no longer be in the game, which is just a bunch of crap that we make up, that somebody made up to make you feel bad so that you would buy into their program. It's not even true. All right. We have to let this part go. We have to remember that victory comes in different forms. For a lot of us, we think that victory, being victorious, means not even eating the candy bar to begin with. Why shouldn't I I shouldn't have eaten it? When victory can come in a different form. What if you eat the candy bar, you have the thought, Well, I blew it, so I might as well keep going. Let me eat everything that's in the house that's not nailed down because tomorrow I'm going to be good. And then pursue to, and then continue on to eat the box of candy bars. What if in the middle of eating the box of candy bars, you have this thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like the way this makes me feel. I should stop. Now, for some of you, you have that thought and you ignore it. You're like, yeah, but I already blew it, so I am already feel sick. Let's just really put myself in a hole because tomorrow I'm going to do better. But what if you stopped in that moment? What if you acknowledged, I don't feel well. I don't like what I'm doing. I'm actually going to stop. Guys, that's victory. Stopping in the moment instead of continuing on to punish yourself is the victory. And then remember, what are you going to do? You're going to acknowledge the fact that you stopped in the moment. Because that symbolizes or that signals to your brain that, hey, we did something good here. When we're in this situation again in the future, let's choose this option to stop. Be proud of yourself. 
I stopped myself in the middle of eating a box of candy bars. I've never done that before. Versus, well, I shouldn't have eaten the candy bar in the first place. And now we're back to pulling ourselves down. Guys, you can do this. The victory is sometimes stopping yourself in the moment versus continuing on because you weren't perfect. And then acknowledging that you did a really great thing. You listened to your body. That will solidify in your brain. That will create a synapse so that if you're in that situation again, you can make the decision that's best for you. All right, so those are your three statements. If you have ever said one of these these words or if you've ever had these thoughts before, um, whether it's been in the past or whether uh, you're struggling with it now, let me know. I'm here to help. Uh, If it's not me, I have a team of amazing dietitians that are here to help you work through some of these thoughts and come up with better statements. All right, so we are happy to help you. Come see us at Bodymetrics. You can go to bodymetricshealth.com and schedule an appointment. Most insurance companies cover nutrition visits, so there's very little out-of-pocket costs, if any. All right? Why not? Why not work through this instead of always having it be a constant stumbling block? There's people here to help you. All right, guys, let me get you your recipe for the week. This is actually a play off of a chicken salad, and it's actually called a chicken cherry salad sandwich. So this would be nice for lunchtime or dinner. You could still do it for dinner. Uh, It's really, really simple. So we were talking about crazy schedules with the new school year or the fall, you know, wherever you're at. And um, this could be a really nice option when you need to get a meal together quickly. So you're going to need two and a half cups of shredded rotisserie chicken, one third cup of finely chopped celery, one third cup of chopped apple. I usually like like a gala or a Fuji here. A quarter cup of light mayo, a quarter cup of Greek yogurt, two tablespoons of fresh parsley chopped, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, a half a cup of fresh cherries. You go ahead and um, take the pit out of that. And you're going to slice them in half. And then like a whole wheat bread or a whole wheat roll or a a pita, tortilla, a wrap of some sort, uh, whatever bread uh, you choose. Or alternatively, you could use crackers for this. Like um, a, like a, I like the, the crackers called that I really like crunch master um, they're nice they're actually gluten-free too so if you you can't have gluten they're a nice alternative so in a medium bowl you're going to combine the chicken celery apple mayo yogurt parsley and vinegar uh, if you need to season with salt and pepper go ahead and then gently stir in the cherries and that's it just put it on your bread you can eat like I said eat it on bread eat it with crackers Uh, Sometimes I just eat it with a fork, throw it on a bed of romaine. You know, it works. It's pretty versatile. And you can have it as a great lunch idea for the week. All right, guys. I hope you have a fantastic week. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. 
If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrian Delgado, and I'll see you next week.